And so that's become my passion, is to help other women who are at crossroads to make an informed decision, you know, make a decision that includes their thoughts, their feelings, to redesign their life so that they can have a life they love. So often we, like I did, make a new life for ourselves and we um, do it unconsciously. And so at the beginning I said how much different I might have been back then if I'd had all the tools that I have now. Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude and the Grey in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right in to today's episode. Today on the podcast, I am chatting with Sandy Short. Sandy is a life coach. She is a mom of three and became a widow when they were 9, 10, and 11. They are now grown men, but we will be talking about her journey in widowhood, as well as all the learnings she had in her life and now becoming a life coach to help others. So welcome, Sandy. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Kendra. This is great. I am glad that you are here. I always like to start finding out where where the people that I'm talking to live. It just kind of gives me a perspective. So where do you live right now? I am about two hours, or about one hour, I guess, east of Toronto in Canada. You're in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Where, did you grow up in that area? I did. You grew up? Yes. So yeah. share with us about your husband. What was his name? By the way, I didn't see it in, the, in, the, in your bio. What, what was your husband's his, name? His name was Denton. Denton. And I now have a grandson called Denton. Okay. And it's getting a little bit easier, but at the very beginning, I was constantly getting names mixed up. <laughs> it gets, when you have, especially when you have a lot of names to call, I have two dogs, as you heard right before we started <laughs> recording, and one's a boy and one's a girl, and I also have t teenagers who are boy or girl, so once in a while, I might call the dogs by one of my kids' names or mm -hmm. vice versa. <laughs> so no worries. The whole name <laughs> thing is normal. So Denton and you met in, tell us how you met and a little bit about your marriage and yeah, your life together. Well, we met when uh, I guess I was 19 and he was 21 and we uh, dated, we I ended up going to university in Ottawa, which is where he had gotten transferred with his bank job. So that worked out very well for both of us. 
we got married and I taught school for 10 years before the kids came. So uh, when one kid came, you know, I really didn't think I was going to have three right in a row because it had taken a while. And so the next year I had another son and the next year I had another son. Which Busy household. Oh, it was definitely the way I felt when they were all tiny. <laughs> three kids under yes. the age of three at one point, right? So that's, wow. So you, and so were you still teaching when you had them? Did you take a break from teaching? No, I became a stay-at-home mom. And my husband was a banker and he got transferred around. So we had been transferred throughout Toronto and uh, Ontario. And the next transfer he got when they were young, I guess, three, four and five, was to New York. So we moved down there and which was supposed to be a one year uh, transfer and it turned out to be five. And it Is was this wonderful. where you were. Were you in New York when he died? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the kids, so here you are out rooted from, and I, again, I didn't know this information. I'm just kind of following here as you're yeah. talking. So you left your home, moved there for work. He dies. Was it a sudden, unexpected yes. death? Yeah. Okay. Yes, so he dies. Was. He dies suddenly, and you are here with three kids in a in a city that you didn't have any family. I'm pers- I'm assuming That's based right. on. Okay. So, and you had been home, basic as a stay at home mom. So please. Take us into the that scenario. What happened at that point? Well, um, at that point, I ended up, I had to move back to Canada, uh, even though, you know, I had have made friends down there and become established. We were in a little town north of New York City. And so um, he had worked for Citibank, and Citibank was wonderful to us. Um, because they allowed me to stay until July and let the kids finish up their school year. And I ended up having to come back at Easter to find a house to live in. And we moved in the summer. So it was, it was huge. And during it, you go day by day by day. And you do what has to be done. But when I look back on it, I think, I wish I'd, I guess what I really think is I wish I'd had the tools then that I have now. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping other women who are going through whatever change in their life because I have learned so many tools now to help. Mm. What was your preconception or idea about death at prior to Denton's, Denton's death? What was your idea about death and what was your idea about grief at that moment? I know that if they're taboo now, it's still taboo to talk about it back when, you know, because this is what, 20 something years ago? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm sure it was, actually it was even more. 
35, yes. Oh, 35 yeah. years. Oh, well, you look very young, my lady. My lady. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, tell, tell me what was your belief system around death and grief at that moment and how did it start kind of shifting like as you started actually experiencing it yourself? That's a really interesting question. I was raised in the United Church and so I would say I was more religious. Um, you end up you know having the traditional funeral you do what needs to be done. And I guess one of my big questions, I had two big questions. And one was, who am I? Um, because I was so invested in being a wife. And I didn't know, I knew I was a mom, but who was I? Um, and the other question is, why would God take him and leave me with three sons? And I just, that was the question I kept asking the minister is, why? You know, what is this about? So those are the three, as far as what I felt about death is so different than what I feel now. In, in your belief system of what death was, so you had not really thought of what it was. So when you were then experiencing the death of Denton and then your own grief journey, how did you navigate that? Like what was something that brought you comfort at that moment? Was it your religious beliefs? What, what was it for you? Or was it the belief of the afterlife? Was it the belief of him still being with you? What, what did you hold on to at that moment, if you did? Or did you just go through the motions? I think, honestly, I went through the motions. I did believe in life after death. But I didn't have anything that I could really cling to. And... And it was only afterwards that I developed my faith. Oops, what was that? Oh, that, sorry, that was me. Um, yeah, it, it was actually after I went into grief counseling that I learned anything about spirituality. And I gobbled up the books. It's like I was a sponge and just ready to take in all this information. And I couldn't get enough. So one of my friends who was a psychotherapist said, if you love it this much, you should go into the school in Toronto that teaches it. And so I did. And it was for my own self-development and awareness and I, I really, I mean, that was a huge change for me. I became a totally different person in my belief system. Mm, that certainly helped. Did that help you discover? Because you were mentioning how, who am I? Like I'm a, you, your identity was tied to the fact of being a wife and a mom. And then 
after that role of wife was no longer there, you also had stopped being a teacher. So here you are, three kids, livelihood kind of shifting completely, changing to another state, not knowing who you are, as you were asking. Did that self-discovery of going into psychology, kind of figuring out your own grief, help you discover who you are? Absolutely. What I began to realize was what a gift it had been for me. So my question of why would God take their father when I had three sons became very much more about how I grew. And and I'm still growing. I, it truly was a gift. And I now believe that every grief, every change in road, everything that happens to you really is for you. I don't say that right at the beginning with people, but after they've had a chance to, uh, really go through the first amount of grief because it's there no matter what. Then we start looking at, okay, what was the silver lining? And I have totally changed. Uh, I look back and hardly recognize the, the person I was. So I went on to become a therapist because in that school here, it opened up. I was there for, well, maybe two or three months. And they said, you know, we're going to start to teach people how to become therapists. Would you like to join? Well, I was there in a nanosecond because I was still pulling in all the information from the books I was reading. This was right up my alley. And I just, I felt a new life within me. So I started being a psychotherapist. And because I was at the school, I was also teaching for them. You know, once a teacher, always a teacher. And you just kind of changed what you would work What teaching. I was yes. teaching, that's right. And so I actually did that. So I did do their intensive weekends. I taught their uh, personal development program. I taught their psycho psychotherapist program. And I had a built-in clientele, which was absolutely wonderful. And then I decided to retire. <laughs> and... We'll talk about that in a minute. You looked like you were going to ask me. Yeah, a I was going to ask you. <laughs> so how how long after Denton's death did you start go going to therapy yourself? Like how long? Because you mentioned you didn't have any tools, or when did you start reading these books? Like how, because again, you're going through the motions. You had to still mother three kids at that point move, so many things. So when did you actually start kind of tapping into your grief itself? I think it was about a year later. Okay. So he died in December. 
He has moved uh, in July. Moved in July. And then I actually, I joined a, a group called Capsule, which is child and parent suffering a loss. And so, you know, there were all of us together as well. And we went as a group to hear this woman talk. And she ended up being my therapist. Okay. So, so you went to I group went, therapy. Group, like group, not no, group. Yeah. Like a group support. Yes. I had a group support and we heard her speak. And I went up afterwards and said, do you take private clients? And so I think that was probably a year and a half later. And for the kids as well, did they, did they continue going to group support, peer-based support, or did they go to therapists or did they just kind of? They did both. Yeah. They did both. Uh, We were very active in capsule. And so we would take the kids out once a month to do something as a group. And it helps that you know that there's other people that are suffering the same thing. Yeah, you you feel understood. You feel like also you're not a burden when you're talking about your person, <laughs> right? That's Which right. probably in some of these other areas of your life and social environments, sometimes people either tiptoe around it, not wanting to talk when maybe you do want or vice versa. Like they don't know kind of how to be around you. So being with others that are in that same, on the same boat, you feel understood. You're absolutely right. And as a matter of fact, one of the, um, uh, I'm on a path, the dragon boat paddling team now, and one of the girls died and another paddler didn't know how to talk to her husband. I said, just go and talk to him because same as you said, should I say her name? Should I talk about her? Will it bring it up for him? And I said, he's thinking about it constantly anyways. So just talk to him and invite him out. And yeah, that was that was a big thing because you know that people are so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't want to bring it up. But you're already thinking about them anyways. It's a constant in your mind. Mm-hmm. Now, so in terms of then the tools, you mentioned the beginning, you didn't have tools. So then what became your tools? Grief, grief coaching one-on-one with this lady, the group, the capsule group. What mm-hmm. other tools did you incorporate? Writing, you, you say you joined a paddle exercise. What, what were some of these tools that helped your grief kind of move through you? Well, It was more after I joined, um, I went into school, I went for grief counseling, I guess it was meditation, uh, it was journaling, and those things I didn't know anything about back then. I guess back then I had friends, and I talked to friends, that that would have been about it because, and I did have the church, but I can't say I was really, I can't say I was really religious. So 
I can definitely say now I am spiritual. I know my belief system, but I didn't back then. It was one of those things I grew up with and uh, just accepted as what you were supposed to do. Here you are, the three kids in Toronto. How many years later did your life then take a whole other turn again? Was it when they were adults, this big, you had a diagnosis, and how did that also shift your life? Can you please share with us that part of your journey? Well, there's a little bit in between there. Okay, let's go to the great, like my show is going. So I only know bullet, I only know bullet points of your life from your, from your little, you know, your resume that you sent me. So tell me the ones that I don't know, please. (laughs) So we moved to Toronto and the kids went to school. They went to university and suddenly I'm left with an empty house. And quite honestly, I think my grief evolved because I think I was so busy and not understanding what I needed to understand back when he died that I don't think I really went through through grief. Yeah, everybody goes through grief and the big waves that you know envelop you and practically take you out to the ocean got smaller and the counseling got better or got me better. But then the kids left home and I'm going, Oh my God, what's next? So they were gone for a while and I decided I was going to retire. So they were kind of, well, they were in different areas of Ontario And I thought, you know, I'm going to the lake and I'm going to build a house and I'm going to retire. So I did and retirement was good. I was all right. And then I got the diagnosis of breast cancer. We've got empty nest. We've got moving again. (laughs) We've got breast cancer. I went through surgery and chemo. I went to this specialty shop that looked after women with chemo and uh, was looking for a wig. And the owner said, you should join our dragon boat paddling team, which is for breast cancer survivors. And I did. I've been on it ever since. As a matter of fact, I am going to New Zealand next month for an international festival. That is huge. Wow. Talk about a big shift that you would have not known about this had you not gotten breast cancer and gone into the specialty shop. So you, how long was your journey uh, with chemo surgery, that journey of, um, of healing? It was, probably two years, maybe two and a half years. I, I did the surgery. I made a decision to do a bilateral mastectomy and get a, an immediate reconstruction. And then I did have to do chemo. The dragon boats and the paddlers really helped because 
you have to have had breast cancer to be on the Dragon Boat team. And then it was there that one of the paddlers asked if I'd like to go to a um, lecture on essential oils and chemical-free living. So once again, I had no idea. Um, I, I can't say I was uh, blasé about the whole thing. I just didn't even know. But when, once I did, and how the chemicals in your products really cause, can cause cancer, I, I was once again out there teaching, and I wanted to teach everybody all about this. And it was after about oh, maybe eight years of selling the products and teaching that I thought there's something missing. I, I wasn't having a really big success in the job. And I thought, I'd always heard it was an inside job. So I heard the words uh, and it was like, well, okay, but tell me how to do it. So I joined Ignite U. Uh, it was called Ignite University. I think she's renamed it now, Ignite Her. And it's Julie Ciardi. And I started there for personal development. I thought, I'm going to find out what this inside job is all about. And a couple of months later, she suggested that she was going to teach coaching. So deja vu. And I am now a coach. And it's the best job I can imagine. Um, I'm changed. I have changed a lot just having joined her and mindset and learning about mindset and what is an inside job. And so that's become my passion is to help other women who are at crossroads to make an informed decision you know, make a decision that includes their thoughts, their feelings to redesign their life so that they can have a life they love. So often we, like I did, make a new life for ourselves and we um, do it unconsciously. And so at the beginning I said, how much different I might have been back then if I'd had all the tools that I have now. At the same time, you would have not grabbed all these tools had you not been through the experience, well, right? That's it's true. those kind of, it's like this, <laughs> it's that kind of yes. aspect that you would have not gone down that path probably in the same way. Maybe other circumstances would have taken you on a similar path and then you still would have ended up in this same place we don't know right we don't know what part of it no is uh, if our destiny is the part that was like okay here you go free will take whichever path you want that's right <laughs> Right here it is and which ones yeah still end up <laughs> kind of coming back to the same place in our life we don't know we will we'll maybe know more once we're uh in a different in a different space in our, in our existence. So 
this journey then of, so here it was a journey of a therapist, learning to be a therapist, helping in the education system as a therapist, then learning about your own well-being and health, having gone through your cancer diagnosis, learning about essential oils, learning about the environment and the things that end up affecting us that we put in our, on our bodies and in our bodies. And then, then the crossroad again for you of learning then about mindset. So all these different aspects of the spirituality, the physical world around you, as well as mindset and how they all really shape who you are. Now, do you incorporate all these aspects of your learnings into your coaching as well? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly, I see the difference in the coaching because with the therapy, you go back and you unravel what happened to start with and why you're the way you are now. So if we can unravel it, we can change the way we are now. Coaching starts now and says, okay, um, yeah, we had all that happen, but let's go forward from here. So we do look at mindset. We look at your paradigms. What have you learned from back there that is influencing you? And how can you change those? So paradigms that we learn, like tying our shoes or riding or driving a car, are good ones, and we put them on habit. But there's lots of bad ones that we put on habit, too. And it's those ones that block us. And so to see what those are and move forward. So what do I... I probably bring it all to my coaching sessions. <laughs> I... Uh, will definitely uh, be more intense on moving forward. But if we get stuck and we can't move forward with, for whatever reason, all right, let's go back. And I used to think that they were so separate, but they go together. And I know when I'm coaching people, there are times that I become the therapist and and then from there we can then go forward so i have begun to see it as the best of both worlds that that you've been able to incorporate both these things that you've now be part, become part of who you are here okay first off here was sandy not knowing who she was at the beginning right and then all of a sudden now you are so many so many different things and you've gathered so much information and tools and now you're able to to help others so what would you say like when you describe who you are now and what you've gained tell us some of these aspects of you of the sandy now i feel much more confident i feel much more capable i can really appreciate myself. I look back and I see everything I've done. And for so long, I didn't really appreciate myself and what I had gone through. And it's be, it, it's a, it was a journey. It wasn't overnight for sure. 
but I do, I, I feel so much more complete now. I don't know whether that answers the question. It, no, it, but for so, my, yeah, for so I, long, I, who am I? Well, I am now, I'm a single woman who is capable and confident and enjoys her friends, also enjoys being by herself, which is so different than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you feel in those two life big big life moments in which your husband died, then your kids moving on, those were moments in which you were alone or you know but there's a difference between being by yourself and alone than feeling lonely right and you could be alone now and not feel lonely uh either tell me how do you incorporate now uh, not only as a mom but as a grandma how do you guys bring up the memory of denton of their grandfather and of the kids father you know father and of the and of your grandchildren into life like what are some of the things that you do to remind yeah remember him and share him with them uh well we're not reticent to talk about him just to start with the uh grandchildren because they've never met him call him grandpa Dan. and i'm not sure what his name would have been had he been alive but probably wouldn't have included his name And he is uh, in a niche, his uh, ashes are in a niche near where I live. So I have taken the grandchildren there. I know my sons will go once in a while. And it's interesting because working on this and particularly the grief part of it with women, I would like to go back and I've wanted to go back to say, how was it for you? What do you remember? So that's where I'm at right now with my sons is to ask them and see what they do remember, what it was like, because I was so unconscious. I, I don't know how it was for them. We all got through it and we all did what we had to do. And they haven't been through the same programs that I have. They, They haven't been through the learnings that I've had. So that's definitely something that I have had in my mind that I want to do with them. Now as adults, like for them to refresh their memory as to what were their emotions. It is interesting because with my brother, my brother was seven when our sister died. We had a sister. I was 21. My sister was 18 when she died in a car accident and my brother at the age of seven, how he navigated our sister's death was very different than much later on when he was an adult as a parent and all that. He actually felt he was more tapping into that grief more now as an adult than what it was for him as a kid. So it would be interesting with your children to see if that was the case for them. Cause just like you, you know, you were really just surviving, you know, as a mom of three and moving and all these things, like they were probably more worried when you guys moved, leaving New York and leaving their friends, you know, the secondary mm-hmm. losses were probably even bigger for them at that moment in their lives. Absolutely. And actually 
it was, that's what drew me to you was where you said grief, gratitude, and the gray in between. And there is, right now, I have so much gratitude. And that's something I'd like to talk to the guys about as well, is because I do believe things happen for us. I don't believe things happen to us. And how did this work for them? Mm. So I'm very interested to talk to them. Have to get the right moment, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or just go, you know, each one individually and go out on a mom, mom, son date or have them listen to this podcast. And then it's like, did you hear the podcast? And uh, where I where I mention, I'd like to know <laughs> more about where you are. This would be a good way of doing it. <laughs> that would be a, yeah, a good way of breaking the ice. So tell us how someone works with you, Sandy. How is it working with you? How does somebody find you? And what is the process of working with you? Is it one-on-one? Do you do group coaching as well, events? Share with us the life of a life coach. Well, I do one-on-one right now on Zoom, and I do want to put it into a group, but um, I haven't done that yet. I prefer just to stick with one-on-one. I have an awesome exercise that I give, and I offer it to your listeners as well. It's complimentary, and it's called the Wheel of Life. And while we do it, we just can find out where this person is now, where they want to be, and the gap in between. And that's where I come in to help and help them to find out how they can fill this gap so they can get to where they want to go. I have a free download that anybody um, can pick up. I yeah, believe it'll the, be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put in it in the, the show, show notes. notes. So scroll down after you listen all the way down and you'll see it. <laughs> and I called it at the crossroads. What's next? It's like, now what? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's a, Yeah, it's like a lot of times it's those moments in life. And like you said, crossroads. Crossroads could be any crossroad, right? It could be the moment of a divorce. It could be the moment of empty nesting. It could be a crossroad of a diagnosis. It could be the crossroad of a move. It could be so many, you know, a course of a death, so many different crossroads in life. And that's why I really like that analogy of the crossroads, because we can go through the crossroads and we have a choice. Uh, do we walk, do we go across the crossroad and into a life full of color? Do we stay where we are? Do we suffer because we don't really like it, but it's not that bad, but it's not full of color. And so that was the concept behind this free download. And what I've done in that is given anyone who picks it up a a guide as to going inside to find out what you really want, which is uh, the first step anyways. And then, or before, they can 
get a complimentary uh, Wheel of Life with me. And after that, we decide what has to be done. Often my clients are on a six month uh, program and you need that amount of time to change because this isn't just an overnight change. You know, changing your paradigms and changing your thoughts and feelings and what you really want. There's a lot of people who don't, who's never been able to ask, what do I want? And that becomes a really big question. So that's how I work. I haven't started my Facebook yet, but I've got it all ready to start. So I will be going on weekly to give inspirational messages, but also ideas of what we need to do to get that inside job done. Perfect. So, Perfect. Yeah. So that they are able to not only have those tips and tools to move forward, but really discover who they are in order to be able to move forward. Is that correct? That's right. That's, that's yes. the, that's the, that's the goal. So what is something I have not asked you that you'd like to share with the listeners regarding the grief journey or regarding any of these crossroads that they come into life that you'd like to leave them with, Sandy? Well, a huge thing for me is life happens for us. And it's up to us how we respond or react it's up to us whether we take that and use it to become a bigger and better person because I believe our soul always wants to grow and we have so much potential inside of us that we have to be able to develop. And, and that I, I, I see it as igniting your soul. So I would like to help women ignite their soul, whether they've been at a crossroads, but most of us have been at crossroads, or maybe their crossroad is just the same old, same old Groundhog Day, and they don't want that anymore. And being able to work with them to help them reignite their soul and their passion and their purpose. I have an Instagram um, page, Sandy Short Consulting, and they can go to the, they can take a look at that. They can go to the link tree above in my bio and make an appointment to take me up on that complimentary session. And they can certainly go to the ConvertKit link below and take advantage of the uh, free download that I have for them so they can get started. Such generous offers of free complimentary consultation as well as the the wheel of life as well that we're attaching here. Is it, what, what is it called again? No, it's, it's called oh. the wheel of life is what I do in the uh, consultation. Consultation. This is oh, okay. At the crossroads. At the crossroads. Now okay. what? <laughs> okay. Now what? At the crossroads. Now what? They can check that out as well. Sandy, it's been an 
honor chatting with you, learning from you and your story. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. And I hope that the listeners go ahead and connect with you, continue on their, their journey. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight chatting with you. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, If you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.